0: As God's word is expounded, we pray that these messages are a blessing to you.
1: Thanksgiving Day A national holiday set aside for all men to give thanks. The question is, of course, thanks to whom? If it is God, then the child of God alone can use this day properly. All others indulge only in thanks to each other or to some other god that does not exist. We know our society today is filled with this kind of thanksgiving. Let's give thanks today, people say, but then do not give thanks to the One who has created and upholds all things by His power. There is no acknowledgment for what God has done. This day that was set aside once to honor God has little value, except for the Christian who recognizes the hand of God in all things. We do acknowledge God's hand in all things. He gives us richly all things to enjoy, and just as in the beginning of this season of the year we in faith came to God to request of Him that He provide all things necessary for body and soul, we have found once again that He has. Now in faith we give him wholehearted praise and thanksgiving for what he has given us. His thanks begins with the things that God has given us in this life, our earthly life, and all that we receive. But our thanks goes far beyond this to what God has given us spiritually too. What David writes in Psalm 63 verses 3 through 5 holds true. There he writes, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. We are going to consider this word of God for a few moments today. God's loving kindness is better than life. All the things of this life are nothing if we do not have God's loving-kindness. All the earthly gifts God bestows on His creatures mean absolutely nothing if they are not accompanied by God's loving-kindness. Our eyes can stand out with fatness. We can have more than our hearts could wish. We can prosper in this world's riches, but if all of these are not attended by God's grace and love these earthly gifts will only serve to condemn. It is this underlying theme that flows through this particular psalm we consider today. David is not merely interested in this life and what we receive to sustain our earthly lives. He is interested in the spiritual blessings of the soul. Ultimately, then, though we give thanks for the gifts of the harvest... We praise God for his spiritual blessings upon us. Obviously, David in the verses we are studying does have in mind our earthly life and its many enjoyments. This is clear when in verse 3 of this psalm he speaks of God's loving kindness as better than life. The implication here is that this earthly life is good. In this life, God is good to us. He gives us not only the necessities of life, but many luxuries and comforts in our land as well. What are the things that make up our earthly lives? Of course, on the foreground in this time of year is the fact that God has provided food in abundance for us again in this past season. He has seen to it that the earth has brought forth her increase and has fed us with plenty. Even if it has been a bad year as far as our own areas, own harvest is concerned, nevertheless, God has given our nation much in the way of the fruit of the earth to supply our needs. There are none of us that have wanted from that point of view this year again, because we live in a land of plenty. But there is more to this earthly life than food. There are the other necessities of life of which Jesus speaks in Matthew 6, clothing and shelter, In these two God has provided for us most abundantly. It may be true that we do not have as fancy a house or clothing as another to whom God has given more, but if we were to compare ourselves to many others, especially in third world countries... Even in these areas of shelter and clothing, we have received an abundance of wealth from the hand of our God. God has provided for us work, employment, in order that we can support our families and church. God's people also rejoice in this season of the year in the church of which God has made them a part. God has blessed His church richly with sons and daughters of Zion. We see them in spiritual life and vitality. We watch them grow into mature young men and women who are willing to take their places in the church. Our friendships as believers have grown again in this year. We have enjoyed freedom of worship. We are able to get together and discuss God's word and grow in our fellowship with one another. All this is a part of our life here on earth our relationships in our homes and with our fellow saints. All these are enjoyments of life. All these belong to our lives in this present world. And we must confess that in them all we are well satisfied. God has fed us with fatness and marrow, to use the terminology of verse 5 of Psalm 63 here. The term marrow here refers not to the marrow of one's bones, as we think of it today, it refers, however, to the most excellent part of the food we eat. And as such, this term in our text here represents all the excellent things of this life. Our lives have been filled with the most excellent things of this present earth. Who can deny that? Even even the poorest among us cannot deny that. And our lives not only have been filled with marrow, but with fatness, too. This term refers not simply to the fat that borders a fine piece of meat we might eat. It refers, however, to the riches of life that we receive from God. I I, I think, for example, of Psalm 73, where it is said concerning the wicked that their eyes stand out with fatness. They have received from God more than the heart could wish. Once again, that has been true of you and me in this year gone by. So much have we received in this life that we are well satisfied with all God has given us. We are satiated with the blessings of this present life. We are filled to overflowing with them. We have no reason at all to complain, though at times we still do, don't we? To be satisfied means to be content and happy. It means that we need nor desire anything more. We are fully satisfied, fulfilled, gratified, pleased with what God has given us in this life. We could not ask for more of the earthly enjoyments God has given us. Instead, we gather in God's house on the day of Thanksgiving in order to give thanks to God for all he has given to sustain our earthly lives. But there is something more than just this life to us. There has to be. And in this day, we ought to recognize that truth, too. Life does not simply consist in the physical, but in the spiritual as well. There are not only needs of the body that we need fulfilled, but needs of the soul, too. And from that point of view, we recognize, well, that sin has entered into this world. All men have fallen and come short of the glory of God because of this sin Not only is the earth cursed for man's sake, we know that because the earth does not yield its fruits unless we labor hard and long by the sweat of our face. Even then the earth does not always produce the way we want it to. So we know that sin has cursed the earth itself, but we also recognize the truth that sinful man uses this good creation in the service of his own name to fulfill his own desires. He uses this good creation in the service of sin rather than in the service of God. Such sin has made our lives in this present world very, very difficult, therefore. It is not an easy life that we live here. We may receive more than plenty in the way of earthly possessions, friends, honor, health, and so on, but these things are not enough to make us happy, truly happy in this world, they are not enough. Life is more than these things, especially is that true of us who are God's people. All these things are are worthless to us if we cannot have happiness in our hearts and souls. This is why we read in verse 3, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. God's loving kindness is better than life. We can have all the enjoyments of this world, health, riches, honor, friends, but none of these things mean a thing to us if we do not have God's loving kindness in our lives. God's loving kindness, after all, is ultimately that which will satisfy us as with marrow and fatness. Now, the term here in verse 3, loving kindness, is a beautiful one. Actually, it is a term that summarizes all of God's ethical attributes into one term. This Hebrew term embraces God's love, His grace, as well as His mercy. In all these ways, God reveals to His children His loving kindness, and it is in this way we are made happy too. Consider once these virtues of God. In His love, God longs after us and desires our fellowship. In His grace, God desires to make us beautiful as He is beautiful, and to do this by taking away our sin and making us holy. In His mercy, God pities us in our distress and pain and reaches forth His almighty arm to remove us from such misery, all These gifts of God toward God's people are worth far, far more than all the wealth and honor of this world combined. When believers experience God's love, grace, and mercy in our lives, we can suffer the loss of everything in this world and still be content. All these God has shown to you and me who are his people in Christ. He has poured out at the cross of Jesus Christ all his love, mercy, and grace upon every one of his chosen people, no matter where and no matter under what circumstance we might live. In his great love toward us, God sent forth his only begotten Son into this world to die for us in order to take away our sin. Though we did not in the least sense deserve something like this from God, He in His grace has shown us His favor and and powerfully delivered us from the bondage of sin and death. In His great mercy towards us, God has pitied us in our sin and reached forth His mighty arm and took us from the miry clay of sin and placed us upon the rock who is Jesus Christ. We have received marrow and fatness to our souls. We are abundantly rich with all the loving kindness God has shown to us in Christ. It's all there. It's all there in the cross of our Savior. That is where God has shown us, His people, His love, grace, and mercy. Christ has accomplished for His elect saints deliverance from sin. And now, though we struggle with a sin-cursed earth, we do so in the satisfaction that God as our Father will provide for our needs. Now we take what God has given us in the way of this world's possessions and use them in the service of His name. We are filled with the best, the marrow of all of God's gifts. We have become rich. Now we say with the psalmist in verse 5, My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Not only does this verse express the praise that is ours as God's children, Look at the last part of verse 3. My lips shall praise thee. Or verse 4. Thus will I praise thee while I live. I will lift up hands in thy name. What we learn in all of this is, when a person is fully satisfied, he would be an ungrateful wretch if he did not give praise and thanks to the one who gives these things to him. And since it is God that has filled us with fatness and marrow, both physically and spiritually, He it is that is deserving of our praise. That is why we express our thanksgiving in this time of the year. We are God's children, correct? He is our Father, who has provided us with every good thing. And as we look back across this past summer once again, as we consider the plenty the Lord has given us, as we look upon the spiritual benefits God has given us, not only the blessings of salvation He has freely given us, But the means of grace we receive in the church and worship, the peace God has given us in our hearts, the fellowship of the saints God has given us again this past year, we cannot help but give to God praise. That is what thanksgiving is. It is the giving of thanks. That is why we asked the question earlier, to whom do you and I give thanks? Do we give thanks to our friends for being friends, to our bosses for paying us enough, to this country as a land of plenty? Surely we must always thank others who have done us well. But our thanks today is reserved for God alone. We give Him thanks, and we do that by means of praise. My lips shall praise Thee. Thus will I bless Thee while I live. My mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips." We give thanks by means of praising God. To praise is to give honor or pay tribute to. It is to celebrate and to applaud, admire, exalt another for what he has done. This is exactly what we do in this season of the year. We bow before the God of heaven and earth. For filling us with fatness and marrow, we celebrate in him. Our boast is in him. It is striking that there are three different words used by David to express his praise of God. The first one in verse 3 is translated praise, but literally means to boast of glory. And that is definitely a part of our praise today. We boast and glory in God. Not in ourselves, not in our wisdom, not in our might, not in our riches. Our boast is not in another either. We make our boast today in God, the God of our salvation and his loving kindness. The second term used in verse 4 is translated bless and literally means to kneel down, referring, of course, to worship. We worship this God who has shown to us his loving kindness in all things. The third term in verse 5 is also translated praise, but means literally to make clear or bright. The idea is, is that when we give thanks to God, we place his name in the spotlight. We glorify. We hold in high esteem the name of our God, so that our focus and attention is drawn today to Him alone. How? We remember our God in this time of the year. Have you thought of that? Meeting together with God's saints in His house to give praise to His great and glorious name? How we do this in all of our lives during the year, too. We, with the psalmist, bless and praise our God today and always. For the fatness and marrow of our souls. Even if God would have given us nothing in the way of this present life's good enjoyments, we would still be rejoicing in our God, because God's loving kindness is more than life to us. If we are the objects of God's love, grace, and mercy, we really need nothing more. We have the greatest reason of all people in this world to give thanks. So we do that. We will bless God while we live. We will not give praise to God on our deathbed only. We will not hold back our thanksgiving until we reach heavenly glory. So satisfied are we with the fatness and marrow of God's loving kindness, we bubble over with the joy of our salvation now. Right now, in in all of life. Our lives are living sacrifices of praise and gratitude to God for all He has given us. That life of thankfulness comes to full expression by the confession of our mouths. My lips shall praise Thee. My mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips. Right here, people of God, right here with our mouths, we will show praise and thanks to God. Right now, we will sing our thanks. We will pray our thanks. We will speak to others of our gratitude. How much have we done that this past season? How often have we spoken of the joy and thanksgiving we have in our souls that God is our God? How much have we spoken of our great love for the God who has done all things for us and who sends even the things of this life as blessings to His people? That is where our thanksgiving begins. With our mouth and lips we confess it, we speak of it to others. And that thanks of our mouths and lips, then flows over into our lives as well. Oh yes, one last thing is included in our thanksgiving. We will lift up our hands in God's name. That action, of course, refers to prayer and worship. What better place can we exhibit our thanks to God than together in the house of God, in God's house, together with fellow believers, we pray, We sing, we bow in humble adoration of our God. In God's house, we lift up holy hands unto God and pay homage unto Him for the great things He has done for us. Consider doing that this year. God's loving kindness is better than life. Life is good because God is good. Let's acknowledge the goodness of our God. Let's bow before Him today and always and confess our gratitude. Bless the Lord, O my soul, for all his benefits toward me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, we are filled with thanksgiving and gratitude unto thee, our God, for everything that we have received in this season gone by. And it is in this time of the year, too, that we especially raise up our voices in our hearts and souls in praise unto thee. Thou art the giver of every good and perfect gift. All things we receive from Thy hand. Father, accept our thanksgiving today and forgive us if in the past we have failed to do this. Renew in us a right spirit that we might see Thee as our God and continue to give unto Thee praise. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen.
0: The Gospel message you have just heard was sponsored by the Protestant Reformed Churches through its radio program, the Reformed Witness Hour. We hope that you have been edified and encouraged by this message. If you would like more information about the Reformed faith or the Protestant Reformed churches, feel free to visit our website at reformedwitnesshour.org or email us at mail at reformedwitnesshour.org.